Section 12 of the Story of a Soul by St. Therese of Lisieux, translated by Reverend Thomas Taylor. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 11 A Canticle of Love It is not only when he is about to send me some trial that our lord gives me warning and awakens my desire for it for years i have cherished a longing which seemed impossible of realization to have a brother a priest i often used to think that if my little brothers had not gone to heaven i should have had the happiness of seeing them at the altar i greatly regretted being deprived of this joy yet god went beyond my dream i only asked for one brother who would remember me each day at the altar and he has united me in the bonds of spiritual friendship with two of his apostles i should like to tell you dear mother how our divine master fulfilled my desire in eighteen ninety five our holy mother saint teresa sent my first brother as a gift for my feast it was washing day and i was busy at my work when mother agnes of jesus then prioress called me aside and read me a letter from a young seminarist in which he said he had been inspired by saint teresa to ask for a sister who would devote herself specially to his salvation and to the salvation of his future flock he promised always to remember this spiritual sister when saying mass and the choice fell upon me dear mother i cannot tell you how happy this made me such unlooked-for fulfilment of my desire awoke in my heart the joy of a child it carried me back to those early days when pleasures were so keen that my heart seemed too small to contain them years have passed since i had tasted a like happiness so fresh so unfamiliar as if forgotten chords had been stirred within me fully aware of my obligations i set to work and strove to redouble my fervor now and again i wrote to my new brother undoubtedly it is by prayer and sacrifice that we can help our missionaries but sometimes when it pleases our lord to unite two souls for his glory he permits them to communicate their thoughts and thus inspire each other to love god more of course an express command from those in authority 
is needed for this otherwise it seems to me that such a correspondence would do more harm than good if not to the missionary at least to the carmelite whose manner of life tends to continual introversion this exchange of letters though rare would occupy her mind uselessly instead of uniting her to god she would perhaps fancy she was doing wonders when in reality under cover of zeal she was doing nothing but producing needless distraction and here am i launched not upon a distraction but upon a dissertation equally superfluous i shall never be able to correct myself of these lengthy digressions which must be so wearisome to you dear mother forgive me should i offend again last year at the end of may it was your turn to give me my second brother and when i represented that having given all my merits to one future apostle i feared they could not be given to another you told me that obedience would double their value in the depths of my heart i thought the same thing and since the zeal of a carmelite ought to embrace the whole world i hope with god's help to be of use to even more than two missionaries i pray for all not forgetting our priests at home whose ministry is quite as difficult as that of the missionaries preaching to the heathen in a word i wish to be a true daughter of the church like our holy mother saint teresa and pray for all the intentions of christ's vicar that is the one great aim of my life but just as i should have had a special interest in my little brothers had they lived and that without neglecting the general interests of the church so now i unite myself in a special way to the new brothers whom jesus has given me all that i possess is theirs also god is too good to give by halves he is so rich that he gives me all i ask for even though i do not lose myself in lengthy enumerations as i have two brothers and my little sisters the novices the days would be too short were i to ask in detail for the needs of each soul and i fear i might forget something important simple souls cannot understand complicated methods 
and as i am one of their number our lord has inspired me with a very simple way of fulfilling my obligations one day after holy communion he made me understand these words of the canticles draw me we will run after thee to the odor of thy ointments o my jesus there is no need to say in drawing me draw also the souls that i love these words draw me suffice when a soul has let herself be taken captive by the inebriating odour of thy perfumes she cannot run alone as a natural consequence of her attraction towards thee the souls of all those she loves are drawn in her train just as a torrent carries into the depths of the sea all that it meets on its way so my jesus does the soul who plunges into the shoreless ocean of thy love bring with it all its treasures my treasures are the souls it has pleased thee to unite with mine thou hast confided them to me and therefore i do not fear to use thy own words uttered by thee on the last night that saw thee still a traveller on this earth jesus my beloved i know not when my exile will have an end many a night i may yet sing thy mercies here below but for me also will come the last night and then i shall be able to say i have glorified thee upon earth i have finished the work which thou gavest me to do i have manifested thy name to the men whom thou hast given me out of the world thine they were and to me thou gavest them and they have kept thy word now they have known that all things which thou hast given me are from thee because the words which thou gavest me i have given to them and they have received them and have known for certain that i came forth from thee and they have believed that thou didst send me i pray for them i pray not for the world but for them whom thou hast given me because they are thine and all mine are thine and thine are mine and i am glorified in them and now i am no more in the world and these are in the world and i come to thee holy father keep them in thy name whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we also are one and now i come to thee and these things i speak in the world that they may have my joy filled in themselves 
I do not ask that thou take them away out of the world, but that thou preserve them from evil. They are not of the world, as I also am not of the world, and not for them only do I pray, but for those also who through their word shall believe in me. Father, I will that where I am they also, whom thou hast given me, may be with me, that they may see my glory which thou hast given me, because thou hast loved me before the foundation of the world, and I have made known thy name unto them, and will make it known, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Yea, Lord, thus would I repeat thy words, before losing myself in thy loving embrace. Perhaps it is daring, but for a long time hast thou not allowed me to be daring with thee? Thou hast said to me, as the prodigal's father to his elder son, All I have is thine, and therefore I may use thy very own words to draw down favors from our heavenly Father on all who are dear to me. My God, thou knowest that I have ever desired to love thee alone. It has been my only ambition. Thy love has gone before me, even from the days of my childhood. It has grown with my growth, and now it is an abyss whose depths I cannot fathom. Love attracts love. Mine darts toward thee and would fain make the abyss brim over. But alas, it is not even as a dewdrop in the ocean. To love thee as thou lovest me, I must make thy love my own. Thus alone can I find rest. O oh my Jesus, it seems to me that thou couldst not have overwhelmed a soul with more love than thou hast poured out on mine, and that is why I dare ask thee to love those thou hast given me, even as thou lovest me. If in heaven I find that thou lovest them more than thou lovest me, I shall rejoice, for I acknowledge that their deserts are greater than mine, but now I can conceive no love more vast than that which thou hast favoured me without any merit on my part. Dear mother, what I have just written amazes me. I had no intention of writing it. When I said the words which thou hast given me I have given unto them, I was thinking only of my little sisters in the novitiate. I am not able to teach missionaries, and the words I wrote for them were from the prayer of our Lord. I do not ask that thou shouldst take them out of the world. I pray also for them who through their word should believe in thee. How could I forget those souls they are to win by their sufferings and exhortations? But I have not told you all my thoughts on this passage of the sacred canticles. 
draw me we will run our lord has said no man can come to me except the father who has sent me draw him and later he tells us that whosoever seeks shall find whosoever asks shall receive that unto him that knocks it shall be opened and he adds that whatever he asks the father in his name shall be given us it was no doubt for this reason that long before the birth of our lord the holy spirit dictated these prophetic words draw me we will run by asking to be drawn we desire an intimate union with the object of our love if iron and fire were endowed with reason and the iron could say draw me would not that prove its desire to be identified with the fire to the point of sharing its substance well this is precisely my prayer i asked jesus to draw me into the fire of his love and to unite me so closely to himself that he may live and act in me i feel that the more the fire of love consumes my heart so much more shall i say draw me and the more also will souls who draw near me run swiftly in the sweet odor of the beloved yes they will run we shall all run together for souls that are on fire can never be at rest they may indeed like saint mary magdalene sit at the feet of jesus listen to his sweet and burning words but though they seem to give him nothing they give him much more than martha who busied herself about many things it is not martha's work that our lord blames but her over solicitude his blessed mother humbly occupied herself in the same kind of work when she prepared the meals for the holy family all the saints have understood this especially those who have illumined the earth with the light of christ's teaching was it not from prayer that saint paul saint augustine saint thomas aquinas saint john of the cross saint teresa and so many other friends of god drew that wonderful science which has enthralled the loftiest minds give me a lever and a fulcrum on which to lean it said archimedes and i will lift the world what he could not obtain because his request had only a material end without reference to god the saints have obtained in all its fullness they lean on god's almighty power itself and their lever is the prayer that inflames with love's fire with this lever they have raised the world with this lever the saints of the church militant still raise it and will raise it to the end of time dear mother i have still to tell you what i understand by the sweet odour of the beloved 
as our lord is now in heaven i can only follow him by the footprints he has left footprints full of life full of fragrance i have only to open the holy gospels and at once i breathe the perfume of jesus and then i know which way to run and it is not to the first place but to the last that i hasten i leave the pharisee to go up and full of confidence i repeat the humble prayer of the publican above all i follow magdalene for the amazing rather i should say the loving audacity that delights the heart of jesus has cast its spell upon mine it is not because i have been preserved from mortal sin that i lift up my heart to god in trust and love i feel that even had i on my conscience every crime one could commit i should lose nothing of my confidence my heart broken with sorrow i would throw myself into the arms of my saviour i know that he loves the prodigal son i have heard his words to st mary magdalene to the woman taken in adultery and to the woman of samaria no one could frighten me for i know what to believe concerning his mercy and his love and i know that all that multitude of sins would disappear in an instant even as a drop of water cast into a flaming furnace it is told in the lives of the fathers of the desert how one of them converted a public sinner whose evil deeds were the scandal of the whole country this wicked woman touched by grace followed the saint into the desert there to perform rigorous penance but on the first night of the journey before even reaching the place of her retirement the bonds that bound her to earth were broken by the vehemence of her loving sorrow the holy man at the same instant saw her soul borne by angels to the bosom of god this is a striking example of what i want to say but these things cannot be expressed dearest mother if weak and imperfect souls like mine felt what i feel none would despair of reaching the summit of the mountain of love since jesus does not ask for great deeds but only for gratitude and self-surrender he says i will not take the he-goats from out of the flocks for all the beasts of the forests are mine the cattle on the hills and the oxen i know all the fowls of the air if i were hungry i would not tell thee for the world is mine and the fullness thereof shall i eat the flesh of the bullocks or shall i drink the blood of the goats 
offer to god the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving this is all our lord claims from us he has need of our love he has no need of our works the same god who declares that he has no need to tell us if he be hungry did not disdain to beg a little water from the samaritan woman he was athirst but when he said give me to drink he the creator of the universe asked for the love of his creature he thirsted for love and this thirst of our divine lord was ever on the increase among the disciples of the world he meets with nothing but indifference and ingratitude and alas among his own how few hearts surrender themselves without reserve to the infinite tenderness of his love happy are we who are privileged to understand the inmost secrets of our divine spouse if you dear mother would but set down in writing all you know what wonders could you not unfold but like our blessed lady you prefer to keep all these things in your heart to me you say that it is honorable to reveal and confess the world of god yet you are right to keep silence for no earthly words can convey the secrets of heaven as for me in spite of all i have written i have not as yet begun i see so many beautiful horizons so infinitely varied tints that the palette of the divine painter will alone after the darkness of this life be able to supply me with the colors wherewith i may portray the wonders that my soul descries since however you have expressed a desire to penetrate into the hidden sanctuary of my heart and to have in writing what was the most consoling dream of my life i will end this story of my soul by an act of obedience if you will allow me it is to jesus i will address myself for in this way i shall speak more easily you may find my expressions somewhat exaggerated but i assure you there is no exaggeration in my heart there all is calm and peace o my jesus who can say how tenderly and gently thou dost lean my soul the storm had raged there ever since easter the glorious feast of thy triumphs until in the month of may there shone through the darkness of my night one bright ray of grace my mind dwelt on mysterious dreams sent sometimes to thy favored ones and i thought how such a consolation was not to be mine that for me it was night always the dark night and in the midst of the storm i fell asleep the following day may tenth just at dawn 
I dreamt that I was walking in a gallery alone with our mother. Suddenly, without knowing how they had entered, I perceived three Carmelites in mantles and long veils, and I knew that they came from heaven. Ah, I thought, how glad I should be if I could but look on the face of one of these Carmelites. And as if my wish had been heard, I saw the tallest of the three saints advance toward me. An inexpressible joy took possession of me as she raised her veil and then covered me with it. At once I recognized our venerable mother, Anne of Jesus, foundress of the Carmel in France. Her face was beautiful, with an unearthly beauty. No rays came from it, and yet, in spite of the thick veil which enveloped us, I could see it suffused by a soft light which seemed to emanate from her heavenly countenance. She caressed me tenderly, and seeing myself the object of such affection, I made bold to say, Dear mother, I entreat you, tell me, Will our Lord leave me much longer in this world? Will he not soon come to fetch me? She smiled sweetly and answered, Yes, soon, very soon, I promise you. Dear mother, I asked again, Tell me if he does not want more from me than these poor little acts and desires that I offer him. Is he pleased with me? Then our venerable mother's face shone with a new splendor, and her expression became still more gracious. The good God asks no more of you, she said. He is pleased, quite pleased. And taking my head between her hands, she kissed me so tenderly that it would be impossible to describe the joy I felt. My heart was overflowing with gladness, and remembering my sisters, I was about to beseech some favor for them, when, alas, I awoke. My happiness was too great for words. Many months have passed since I had this wonderful dream, and yet its memory is as fresh and delightful as ever. I can still picture the loving smiles of this holy Carmelite and feel her fond caresses. O oh, Jesus, thou didst command the winds and the storm, and there came a great calm. On waking, I realized that heaven does indeed exist, and that this heaven is peopled with souls who cherish me as their child and this impression still remains with me, all the sweeter because up to that time I had but little devotion to the venerable mother Anne of Jesus. I had never sought her help, and but rarely heard her name, and now I know and understand how constantly I was in her thoughts, and the knowledge as to my love for her and for all the dear ones in my father's home. O oh, my beloved, 
this was but the prelude of graces yet greater which thou didst desire to heap upon me let me remind thee of them to-day and forgive my folly if i venture to tell thee once more of my hopes and my heart's well-nigh infinite longings forgive me and grant my desire that it may be well with my soul to be the spouse of my jesus to be a daughter of carmel and by my union with thee to be the mother of souls should not all this content me and yet other vocations make themselves felt i feel called to the priesthood and to the apostolate i would be a martyr a doctor of the church i should like to accomplish the most heroic deeds the spirit of the crusader burns within me i long to die on the field of battle in defence of the holy church the vocation of a priest with what love my jesus would i bear thee in my hand when my words brought thee down from heaven with what love would i give thee to souls and yet while longing to be a priest i admire and envy the humility of st francis of assisi and am drawn to imitate by refusing the sublime dignity of the priesthood how reconcile these opposite tendencies like the prophets and doctors i would be a light unto souls i would travel to every land to preach thy name o my beloved and raise on heathen soil the glorious standard of thy cross one mission alone would not satisfy my longings i would spread the gospel to the ends of the earth even to the most distant isles i would be a missionary not for a few years only but were it possible from the beginning of the world to the consummation of time above all i thirst for the martyr's crown it was the desire of my earliest days and the desire has deepened with the years passed in the carmel's narrow cell but this too is folly since i do not sigh for one torment i need them all to slake my thirst like thee o adorable spouse i would be scourged i would be crucified i would be flayed like st bartholomew plunged into boiling oil like st john or like st ignatius of antioch ground by the teeth of wild beasts into a bread worthy of god with st agnes and st cecilia i would offer my neck to the sword of the executioner and like joan of arc i would murmur the name of jesus at the stake my heart thrills at the thought of the frightful tortures christians are to suffer at the time of antichrist and i long to undergo them all open o jesus the book of life in which are written the deeds of thy saints all the deeds told in that book i long to have accomplished for thee to such folly as this what answer wilt thou make is there on the face of this earth a soul more feeble than mine and yet 
precisely because i am feeble it has delighted thee to accede to my least and most childlike desires and to-day it is thy good pleasure to release those other desires more vast than the universe these aspirations becoming a true martyrdom i opened one day the epistles of st paul to seek relief in my sufferings my eyes fell on the twelfth and thirteenth chapters of the first epistle to the corinthians i read that all cannot become apostles prophets and doctors that the church is composed of different members that the eye cannot also be the hand the answer was clear but it did not fulfill my desires or give me the peace i sought then descending into the depths of my nothingness i was so lifted up that i reached my aim without being discouraged i read on and found comfort in this counsel be zealous for the better gifts and i show unto you a yet more excellent way the apostle then explains how all perfect gifts are nothing without love that charity is the most excellent way of going surely to god at last i had found rest meditating on the mystical body of holy church i could not recognize myself among any of its members as described by st paul or was it not rather that i wished to recognize myself in all charity provided me with the key to my vocation i understood that since the church is a body composed of different members the noblest and most important of all organs would not be wanting i knew that the church had a heart that this heart burns with love and that it is love alone which gives life to its members i knew that if this love were extinguished the apostles would no longer preach the gospel and the martyrs would refuse to shed their blood i understood that love embraces all vocations and that it is all things and that it reaches out through all the ages and to the uttermost limits of the earth because it is eternal then beside myself with joy i cried out o oh, jesus my love at last i have found my vocation my vocation is love yes i have found my place in the bosom of the church and this place o oh my god thou hast thyself given to me in the heart of the church my mother i will be love thus i shall be all things thus will my dream be realized why do i say i am beside myself with joy this does not convey my thought rather 
is it peace which has become my portion the calm peace of the sailor when he catches sight of the beacon which lights him to port o luminous beacon of love i know how to come even unto thee i have found the means of borrowing thy fire i am but a weak and helpless child yet it is my very weakness which makes me dare to offer myself o jesus as a victim to thy love in olden days pure and spotless holocausts alone were acceptable to the omnipotent god nor could his justice be appeased save by the most perfect sacrifices but the law of fear has given place to the law of love and love has chosen me a weak and imperfect creature as its victim is it not such a choice worthy of god's love yea for in order that love may be fully satisfied it must stoop even unto nothingness and must transform that nothingness into fire oh my god i know it love is repaid by love alone therefore i have sought i have found how to ease my heart by rendering thee love for love use the riches that make men unjust to find you friends who may receive you into everlasting dwellings this o lord is the advice thou gavest to thy disciples after complaining that the children of this world are wiser in their generations than the children of light child of light as i am i understood that my desires to be all things and to embrace all vocations were riches that might well make me unjust so i set to work to use them for the making of friends mindful of the prayer of elisius when he asked the prophet elias for his double spirit i presented myself before the company of angels and saints and addressed them thus i am the least of all creatures i know my mean state but i know that noble and generous hearts love to do good therefore o blessed inhabitants of the celestial city i entreat you to adopt me as your child all the glory that you help me to acquire will be yours only deign to hear my prayer and obtain for me a double portion of the love of god o oh my god i cannot measure the extent of my request i should fear to be crushed by the weight of its audacity my only excuse is my claim to childhood and that children do not grasp the full meaning of their words yet if a father or mother were on the throne and possessed vast treasures they would not hesitate to grant the desires of those little ones more dear to them than life itself 
to give them pleasure they will stoop even unto folly well i am a child of holy church and the church is a queen because she is now espoused to the divine king of kings i ask not for riches or glory not even the glory of heaven that belongs by right to my brothers the angels and saints and my own glory shall be the radiance that streams from the queenly brow of my mother the church nay i ask for love to love thee jesus is now my only desire great deeds are not for me i cannot preach the gospel or shed my blood no matter my brothers work in my stead and i a little child stay close to the throne and love thee for all who are in the strife but how shall i show my love since love proves itself by deeds well the little child will strew flowers she will embrace the divine throne with their fragrance she will sing love's canticle in silvery tones yes my beloved it is thus my short life shall be spent in thy sight the only way i have of proving my love is to strew flowers before thee that is to say i will let no tiny sacrifice pass no look no word i wish to profit by the smallest actions and to do them for love i wish to suffer for love's sake and for love's sake even to rejoice thus shall i strew flowers not one shall i find without scattering its petals before thee and i will sing i will sing always even if my roses must be gathered from amidst thorns and the longer and sharper the thorns the sweeter shall be my song but of what avail to thee my jesus are my flowers and my songs i know it well this fragrant shower these delicate petals of little price these songs of love from a poor little heart like mine will nevertheless be pleasing unto thee trifles they are but thou wilt smile on them the church triumphant stooping towards her child will gather up these scattered rose leaves and placing them in thy divine hands there to acquire an infinite value will shower them on the church suffering to extinguish its flames and to the church militant to obtain its victory oh my jesus i love thee i love my mother the church i bear in mind that the least act of pure love is of more value to her than all other works together but is this pure love really in my heart are not my boundless desires but dreams but foolishness if this be so i beseech thee to enlighten me thou knowest i seek but the truth if my desires be rash 
then deliver me from them and from this most grievous of all martyrdoms and yet i confess if i reach not those heights to which my soul aspires this very martyrdom this foolishness will have been sweeter to me than eternal bliss will be unless by a miracle thou shouldst take from me all memory of the hopes i entertained upon earth jesus jesus if the mere desire of thy love awakens such delights what will it be to possess it to enjoy it for ever how can a soul so imperfect as mine aspire to the plenitude of love what is the key of this mystery o oh, my only friend why dost thou not reserve these infinite longings to lofty souls to the eagles that soar to the heights alas i am but a poor little unfledged bird i am not an eagle i have but the eagle's eye and heart yet notwithstanding my exceeding littleness i dare to gaze upon the divine son of love and i burn to dart upwards unto him i would fly i would imitate the eagles but all that i can do is to lift up my little wings it is beyond my feeble power to soar what is to become of me must i die of sorrow because of my helplessness oh no i will not even grieve with daring self-abandonment there will i remain until death my gaze fixed upon that divine sun nothing shall affright me nor wind nor rain and should impenetrable clouds conceal the orb of love and should i seem to believe that beyond this life there is darkness only that would be the hour of perfect joy the hour in which to push my confidence to its uttermost bounds i should not dare to detach my gaze well knowing that beyond the dark clouds the sweet sun still shines so far o oh my god i understand thy love for me but thou knowest how often i forget this my only care i stray from thy side and my scarcely fledged wings become draggled in the muddy pools of earth then i lament like a young swallow and my laments tell thee all and i remember o infinite mercy that thou didst not come to call the just but sinners yet shouldst thou still be deaf to the plaintive cries of thy feeble creature shouldst thou still be veiled then i am content to remain benumbed with cold my wings bedraggled and once more i rejoice in this well-deserved suffering o son my only love i am happy to feel myself so small so frail in thy sunshine and i am in peace i know that all the eagles of thy celestial court have pity on me they guard and defend me they put to flight the vultures the demons that fain would devour me i fear them not these demons i am not destined to be their prey but the prey of the divine eagle 
O eternal word, O my Saviour, Thou art the divine eagle whom I love, who lurest me, Thou who, descending to this land of exile, didst will to suffer and to die, in order to bear away the souls of men, and plunge them into the very heart of the blessed Trinity, love's eternal home. Thou who, reascending into inaccessible light, dost still remain concealed here in our veil of tears, under the snow-white semblance of the host, and this to nourish me with thine own substance. O Jesus, forgive me if I tell thee that thy love reacheth even unto folly, and in face of this folly, what wilt thou but that my heart leap up to thee? How could my trust have any limits? I know that the saints have made themselves as fools for thy sakes. Being eagles, they have done great things. I am too little for great things, and my folly it is to hope that thy love accepts me as victim. My folly it is to count on the aid of angels and saints in order that I may fly unto thee with thine own wings, O my divine eagle, for as long a time as thou willest I shall remain, my eyes fixed upon thee. I long to be allured to thy divine eyes. I would become love's prey. I have the hope that thou wilt one day swoop down upon me and bearing me away to the source of all love. Thou wilt plunge me at last into that glowing abyss that I may become forever its happy victim. O Jesus, would that I could tell all little souls of thine ineffable condescensions. I feel that if, by any possibility, thou couldst find one weaker than my own, thou wouldst take delight in loading her with still greater favors, provided that she abandon herself with entire confidence to thine infinite mercy. But, O my spouse, why these desires of mine to make known the secrets of thy love? Is it not thyself alone who has taught them to me, and canst thou not unveil them to others? Yea, I know it, and this I implore thee, I entreat thee, let thy divine eyes rest upon a vast number of little souls. I entreat thee to choose in this world a legion of little victims of thy love. End of chapter 11 A Canticle of Love End of Story of a Soul by St. Therese of Lisieux, translated by Rev. Thomas Taylor.